Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Shula Bowl podcast. If you can hear the exhaustion in my voice, it's because it is November 15th as we tape this. It means it is the day that was uh, damn near D-Day. Sorry for the uh, you know dramatic uh, frame of reference there, but it was a day that everything blew up at FIU. The statement has been made from Mark Rosenberg, Butch Davis. They thanked him for his contributions, but... It was reported by me last week and confirmed by Brett McMurphy of at the Action Network that Butch Davis will no longer be the head coach following the conclusion of the final games of the year. Full House tonight, Eric Henry, FIU beat writer, Underdog Dynasty, SB Nation. The crew you know and love, FIU superfan, Mr. Handel321. He's got to pick up some of the FIU slack because as you can hear, I'm freaking exhausted. And of course, last but not least, big weekend for FAU. Last weekend and this weekend. So definitely don't want to put them on the back burner. Shane Marinelli, Owls247 doing a phenomenal big job. What, what uh, up, sir? I wouldn't call it a big weekend. Well, well, an eventful weekend. An eventful weekend. Yeah. FIU dropped uh, the, F, F, FAU dropped a five and five. So that's pretty eventful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard in your voice, like, yeah. Uh, and hey, with, don't, with, don't worry, Shane. It, it, it could be worse. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> No, I, you know what? I don't like that. Someone messaged me that today, and I said, "No, honestly, no, 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 no. That that's not my standard of worst right now." You know, I I guess like the only thing you could do is just if you're an FIU fan, you can laugh. Like nothing hurts you anymore, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I've got I I reached that point weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eric, you, you, tell us where we should start today. <laughs> All right. Well, I already did, you know, the introduction as far as what the events of the day were. I mean, I will say this. I mean, I guess, David, uh, anyone who listens to this podcast, do I need to go through and like run down the McMurphy article or, or everyone knows what was in the McMurphy article, right? Or do I, for, for, for point of reference, do I need to run it down? To be honest, uh, I would be shocked if anyone listening to this podcast would not know what's going on uh, with the article. So it's, uh, I'll, I'll let you make that call, but I don't think I don't I, I would think everybody has at least read it or, you know, read or heard about what was on the article. OK, so I think that's great. So everyone knows what Butch Davis said. Brett McMurphy, in terms of the uniforms and pads, this is Butch Davis's account, the uniforms and pads being outdated. Him having not spoken with, you know, having had a relationship with the administration in, in months his feelings about the job posting, you know, that was came out in earlier this year that FIU Athletics said was as part of their standard operating procedure. His his thoughts in terms of you know promises that in terms of uh, investments that were made into the program, but you know things that didn't work out. So, David, you are like I, I, I can't report any more than I already have, and I think sure all FIU fans have seen what I've said on Twitter. So, uh, yes, I'm asking you because I think I'm exhausted, but I, I'll I'll be able to muster up the strength for the pod. Um, but I, I think this is your time. This is you, you, this is the voice of the FIU fans. It is your time to give your thoughts. You went hard on Pete Garcia and thoughts on that, but the events of the day where you think they should go forward. Like I, I got to open the floor to you, my man. Yeah. Um, you know, in classic FIU fashion, I, I, they only gave me a weekend to, to really, truly celebrate, um, the firing <laughs> of Pete Garcia. Um, and I'll start with this. Because what was mentioned in the article um, further proves that P. Garcia should have been fired years ago. Um, that, you know, is pretty blatantly obvious. 
a lot of things mentioned in the article showcase um, FIU as a school in general's lack of investment in the football program or in the athletic department, like in all, for all sports. You see it kind of, you know, around all, all the programs. And I've, you know, I've, I've heard from, from multiple people who used to work there or, or, you know, just different sources that tell me things that go on behind the scenes and I know how much of a mess it is. So from that point of view, uh, you know, I get it. It's, you know, it's, it's, you know, lack of a better term. It's kind of a, not even kind of, it is a shit show back there. Um, and this just really brought it to light. However, I think this is the pettiest of petty moves by Butch. I think, I mean, I, I, I kind of went back and forth on it and, and I've just kind of settled on this is, you know, kind of a, 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 a trashy way to go about like how to exit because I get it right. He didn't, you know, he probably didn't get the support that, that he expected, but for him to kind of just completely shift the blame is dumbfounding and ridiculous because he is deserves his fair share of blame because at the end of the day, yes, sure. Our, our, um, you know, our jerseys old, are, are we rocking, you know, the best gear? No, but to not win a game in three years, th- those factors, you know, uh, you know, they only go so far, right? Butch, this is what I'm getting from it, is that Butch still wants to coach. I don't think this wants, is Butch's final stop. He's going to use this as a way to separate himself from the past two years. Uh, this is his way to shift any sort of blame away from himself. And it's just kind of, you know, it's very petty. Um, and, and it's just kind of a really bad look. And he's kind of, I mean, not that I really think he cares, but he's burning every bridge he has. Uh, at FIU and, and with his fan base, um, you know, and I, I'll forever be grateful for, for what Butch brought to FIU, you know, he, he, three bowl games, beat Miami, you know, winning seasons. But to say Butch underperformed is kind of factual. We went one in three in bowl games. We, you know, haven't won a, <laughs> uh, we haven't beaten an FDS team in almost three years. And, you know, a lot of the stuff, that, oh, and also another thing is that we actually talked about last week, ironically, is that we took a peek into how not so great his recruiting classes ended up being. So, you know, I think, I think it's just kind of a shifting of the blame. I think Butch, um, you know, should kind of also look in the mirror and not that he, you know, he would ever say, you know, take this blame when you're heading out, but it's just, I think it's an ultimate petty move. It kind of showcases the bad of FIU, which is there, by the way, it's not, I'm not, you know, throwing this fully, like take saying that Butch should completely take all the blame. There's definitely blame to go around and it starts with his old BFF Pete. But, but I think this was a low blow, um, by Butch and, you know, it's, I thought it was a bit uncalled for, but you know, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you go, Eric. Oh, actually, sorry. You also asked about the fan perspective and I kind of touched on it with burning the bridges. The fan base is not happy, um, not happy at all with Butch. They they might boo him um, on Saturday. It's it. They are not. They are not the happiest uh, fan base in the world right now. But I'll shift it, shift it back to you, Eric. Um. Okay. So a uh, couple quick thoughts. Right. 
listen, I defer to you on the fan perspective. That's why I asked. I, I, I will say this. I, I am not going to summarily dismiss the idea of the timing of the comments. I cannot disagree with you in terms of this kind of, you know, reeks of a move of like, hey, I got to get my side out there because, and listen, Butch Davis will tell you. <laughs> I've asked Butch Davis this question two, three years ago about his coaching future um, in terms of, you know, his retirement on, on the horizon. He's, he's shot that down every time. So it's not a question as to whether he wants to continue to coach. That's he, that's what Butch Davis does. You know, I don't think the retired life up in Naples is for him. So, of course, but to summarily dismiss the con- the idea that if these things are true and I guess I got to go into reporter mode. My first instinct was to reach out to FIU Athletics. Uh, they had no comment regarding the the statements that he made about the outdated pads and jerseys and then said that they won't have a comment that the focus is on the seniors with it being senior day. And I'm going to touch on that. So. I will come back to that after Shane goes. But if that is indeed true, that speaks to comments that I've talked about on this podcast and others in terms of FIU athletics needing to make a commitment as to whether they're going to run like a D1 program or not. So, yeah, David, I understand what you're saying. And I know, and I know you weren't necessarily saying that, hey, all right, the pads and jerseys are one thing, but you haven't won a game in three years. It goes to overall commitment. Like, it, it can't just be when you – like. David, when you have GAs and coaches who are working you know, their ass off for hours, the least the athletics department could do is make the same investment, at least try to compete at a D1 level. So there's that. But that aside, um, everything that's come out in terms of not having a relationship with administration and Pete Garcia, how that's blown up and this, that, and the other, it's just been a cluster. There's no other way to put it. And I absolutely think, David, as you said, I, I, I understand the fan base being upset. That, you know, they read what and listen, it's they're alums of the university. So I can't I'm not going to blame the uh, fan base for like, yo, you're shitting on our school. It's time for you to go. It was very especially already being frustrated with the on-field performance. I'm not going to be mad at that. Uh, I just think given the fact it's it's two weeks, he's got to tough out and get through it. Yeah. Kicking it with the X is going to be awkward. But for the sake of, you know, the seniors and guys who push Davis has recruited, this could just be even worse if, if Butch, if you fire him. And you run the the risk of you know potentially losing an assistant or two down the stretch here. I just think that doesn't do anybody good. Um, so I do understand if that's the relationship. If if they can somehow find a way that you know you're going to live in the same house and make it work for the next uh, 17, 18 days, just get through it. Um, so I, again, I understand the fans being pissed off and whatnot, but it's a situation where you just really want to get a jump on the head coaching job going forward. That's my thing. Yeah, I mean, just not to summarily dismiss. And again, I, I will do my due diligence as a reporter. If you uh, check David J. Neal, of course, he used to cover the Panthers back in you know the early 2010s. He published a piece about Adidas um, giving FIU new uniforms. I believe it was 2013. So I'm going to try to follow up and see the accuracy of those statements. But if indeed true, um, I, I, that's not some, something that I think you can just summarily dismiss and throw away and be like, ah, oh, yeah, the jerseys and pads are one thing, but go win games. So there's that. So, yeah. So Eric, I do want to jump right back in because I didn't want my comments to come off like there's no blame for the administration. They are absolutely at, at, at fault for a lot of this, right? Um, you know, they have not given him the support he probably expected. Um, you know, I know things that have gone down behind the scenes. I know this is honestly not even your normal school. What do you hear? Just 
just some of the stories. It, it, it's like a sitcom. Um, and, and so I get all that. I, I, I truly do. I think that, I mean, obviously everyone knows how firmly I was on the firing of P. Garcia, how, how, how I was at the front lines of that. I know that this program needs more support. I know that it needs more funding. But just the comments, and I think it's more of the timing than everything is what kind of it, – it it's not weird because it's kind of expected because you know he's not coming back. I think the timing kind of makes it a li- little bit more of a hit piece type thing uh, to kind of cover himself purely because of, you know, he's – I know he's going to be trying to continue coaching. Um, I just think it's, it's possible to, you know, say that this is kind of a Bush League petty move by Bush and that the administration – is kind of trash. I think they both can be true at the same time. So that's, that's, that's kind of my stance on it. You know, FIU is just in a situation now. I was like my date analogies where someone in a relationship got caught cheating and you also got like a month left on your lease and no, no one can afford to break the lease early. So you just got to kind of like live with it these next couple weeks. I mean, the fact that Butch Davis is going to walk out there and be the coach this week after just, I mean, I, I guess it's something to talk about for, for FIU fans. But, and you know what? I know, uh, I know FIU fans are upset with Butch, but I think in a way, inadvertently, he did them a favor, right? Even if it's, let's say, half true, right? FIU is in a position now where they're going to be a little bit more under a microscope with this type of stuff and they're going to have to invest. Right. You know, people are going to be paid. Eric, do you, would you agree with that premise? I actually, sorry to cut, jump in Eric, but I actually completely agree. Jane, I actually mentioned that to a few people earlier um, saying that this could, I mean, obviously it's, it's a really bad look and it's really bad right now. Like, and obviously, you know, I, I wouldn't have, I wish it could have gone differently, but yes, at the end of the day, like this could light a fire under the administration to actually do something about it. It can actually lead yeah. to more good. It's just going to suck. I'm telling you, it's going to suck for, for, for now, probably even, you know, next year, but I think hopefully it, it can, you know, work out in our favor going forward. So I'm with you there. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're the president, if you're Rosenberg and you're the president of the school, you're getting embarrassed. I mean, like I, I the first thing I messaged in our little in our WhatsApp chat this morning, like if players are being handed equipment that's not up to it and hand me downs, like like it, it it falls on the line is negligible, especially in a game as violent as football. You know what I mean? Like you're not protecting your players at this point, like their health and safety if you're not giving them the best equipment, like at the very least, no one's saying FIU needs to go have 15 uniform combinations like Oregon. Typically your average uh, group of five school under an Adidas deal gets a new set every two years or a slightly different look is, is typically two, three years is how the deal works. So, you know, trust me, I had to, I had to watch FIU play in those silver red jerseys for like four years, which were terrible. You couldn't, you know, um, read the numbers. But like, nonetheless, it's, it, I mean, you're, you look, you look incompetent. 
Like, I, I mean, the next person I'd look at is how, you know, to Rosenberg, how did you let this happen? Like, I would straight ask him, how did you let Pete Garcia drag the program so low? Like, that, that is a question he needs to be answered. And, and not only just losing on the field, I mean, some presidents just don't see that as an important part of a, a college, but like not providing your players with basic equipment for safety. What? And now they've been just straight embarrassed. And it's, I'm just like, you know, at this point, it's almost like they needed this. They needed to just look like it to kind of light a fire under them. I mean, I think that I think everything coming to a head and just, you know, stuff you said we, we've kind of known about for years with that by you, just have it all get out there. Just let it all burst, all the truth, and they can just fully hit a full reset button. Like, they need to scrub the walls of that athletic center, you know what I mean, and just start over. Yeah. So, so oh, sorry. No, 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 no David, David, please, please take it. Yeah, I just want to touch on one thing, and I actually want to send it kind of back to both of you with, with uh, another comment that I saw. But um, one thing I did want to address is the, the shoulder pad thing, the hand-me-down, because, yes, while it shouldn't have happened to the point that it did, that had, they've had new equipment for, since Butch's second year. Like that's, I, I, that's what I've heard from, from people who worked on the equipment team that they that was the thing when Butch first started FIU that hasn't been the case for multiple years now. Um, granted, it shouldn't have gone to the point even four four or five years ago, whatever. But I'm saying I think it was worded a bit, you know, to kind of really emphasize the FIU um, lack of investment type thing. But that was a bit semi debunked because they you know they the, they have had new equipment for four years, three four years. Um, but yes, besides the fact that it even four years ago, they were, they were dealing with this. It's still a, a terrible look. And, um, but something I did want to swing back to both of you guys is that I saw this a lot and this has kind of been a lot of, I guess the biggest talking point for FIU fans and like, I guess their defense, um, FIU has like the highest budget in athletics in conference USA. Where does that, where do, like, I don't know if you, you know where it goes, but like, how does that make sense when this story comes out, right? Like how I'm trying, I was trying to make sense of it because I know Butch and it's like, Butch is one of the highest paid coaches in conference today, but I'm saying like with a budget that high, how does stuff like this happen besides negligence by the AD, obviously? I mean, I'm not going to say it, but. I was I was literally going to ask that question too. I, you know, there was a tweet. FIU has fifty five thousand students paying sixteen dollars a credit hour. Okay, your average student will just include part timers. You know, probably anywhere from nine to twelve credit hours. You do the math on that. Where is that going? You know, I it, it's not like Butch was making four million a year. You know, I, I don't know what the other you know, uh, FAU's right about the same, but, you know, with about, you know, 30,000 students, which is still large, but, you know, FAU has a lot of other things. I, you know, my, my assumption is, is they were just getting so little from donations that had to cover everything, but 
yeah, I, I don't know. You know, if you haven't been recruiting, if you haven't been doing this, you haven't been getting uniforms, like I, I, I don't know where that money's going. All right. I have so, a good joke uh, in my head, no, but I'm not going to say it. Damn. <laughs> I, I will jump in, right? Because, <clears throat> excuse me, David, first off, you said that the equipment thing was debunked. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to have to go journalist her on you. I have not seen it debunked, so I, I'm not asking you to out a personal source. But are, are you saying for the record that the equipment assertion from Butch Davis has been debunked publicly or debunked in your own personal conversations? Uh, it's actually both because uh, Brett McMurphy also replied on it. Um, let me see if I, oh, uh, let me look for, for a second. And then, okay, actually it's right here. Um, so this was a, a tweet actually between our guy, uh, uh, Mike, Mike Mayer and Brett on Twitter. And, um, and Brett goes, I was told that by multiple individuals, including Davis on the record, incoming freshmen do get new pads now, but that wasn't the case when Davis arrived. Okay, so I'm glad that's you a, said that's that. That's a public one. <laughs> no, no, yeah, you're right. I'm glad you said that because I've said on basically any media that I've done today, when Butch Davis talks, I'm not saying it's hyperbolic, but Butch makes statements and, like, I'll give you an example. Um, when Butch was recalling, you know, the time that Jeff Fiegels played for him at Miami, he said something to the effect of, oh, yeah, you know, like I can't remember if it was 15, 20, 25 years ago. Like Bush just talks in generalities like that. So I, I when I saw the tweet from Brett, I didn't necessarily think that it was false. But I also didn't necessarily think that. Also didn't necessarily think that, you know, that exact number of nine was one to be held right to a T. Right. So that's um, th- there's there's that aspect of it. But in terms of just the revenue point of view i mean i can i I listen i'll tweet this out from the shulable podcast account sportico is doing a phenomenal job of showing where athletic budgets you know where they're broken down where how much money is being taken in as far as profits how much money is being spent so that's one thing that you can look at and i will let people try to make their own summarization conclusions to where that money's going but i absolutely plan on if we're given the chance and i plan on putting a request for heath glick and president mark rosenberg and others to ask if these things are in fact true, how could you how do you defend them? And I won't maybe, you know, Heath Glick, that's not uh, he's an interim AD. He's been on the job a week and a half. So maybe he's not the person to ask that. But it's in terms of um, when you have Mark Rosenberg, how do you defend that? There's a question that has to be asked. So uh, we'll see what happens going forward. Yeah. So before we get to FAU, do want to add this as well. You know, I know we uh, got the Owls fans definitely want to get the FAU perspective, but figure I should at least add this perspective. I think this is something that FIU fans may not. Um, if you're wondering just how much that level of consternation between Butch Davis and the, uh, you know, really in terms of funding, we've talked about the, the, where the numbers and where the, the money's going. Butch Davis has felt this way about the administration, really, at least on the record since the start of this year. I implore everyone who hasn't seen it to check uh, my Twitter for a thread and I talk about, you know, really the situation that happened in terms of the FIU postgame after Long Island. I talked about the fact that there was, uh, a different background used for Butch Davis, which were sponsors of his personal football camps, which are not the personal sponsors of FIU Athletics, which, of course, are Baptist Health. 
check that thread. I will t- uh, we'll, uh, tag it along to or add it to the, uh, the tweet of this podcast. But I'm going to toss us some sound. Uh, this was the sound of Bush Davis's postgame, post-FIU, in which he talks about, just like players have NIL, programs need NIL as well. Turn the camera. Here, Turn the camera. Here. Alex Kelly wants to talk to you. Who? Alex Kelly. Who? Alex Kelly. Tell him I'll talk to him after the press conference. Hey, one thing, okay, just so that everybody knows, okay, football programs need NIL too. If the players can get millions of dollars, you know, I mean, we need people that support the football program and stuff. So I'm ready to roll. Let's go. Yeah, so with that, you know, certainly a lot to be desired, a lot to be uh, seen how that'll play out in terms of the FIU situation. And, you know, <laughs> will Bush Davis last for two weeks? We'll see. Uh, will the, you know, who will come in as AD or some of the names as head coach? Definitely speculate on that in, you know, further episodes because I definitely have some information I think we can get out there in terms of head coaching candidates. But, Shane, we got to transition to the Owls here because on the field, we know FIU's been a disappointment, but right now, FAU are certainly varying the disappointment of territory of their own. A 30-17 to 17 loss at Old Dominion, a game that, excuse me, 30-16 loss at Old Dominion, a game that saw FAU only score three points at half. And overall, the offense never really got going. Another slow start. One that, you know, and I, and I, I know I tweeted at you during the, during the game and said that I'd warned you about this. And I'm sorry if that tweet came off as if, uh, came up with Shane was denying because Shane absolutely concurred when I spoke with him, you know, off here in our chat that this could be a tough game for FAU. And they just, in my mind, they crapped a bed. But Shane, I, I gotta, you know, go to you. I mean, when I say they, I mean overall, not just players, but coaching staff as well. But Shane, uh, gotta give it to you and your thoughts because as I said, uh, to you, uh, off air, I don't think that ODU is a more talented team, but I definitely think that right now, in terms of playing better football, there's no doubt that the modern's playing better football. Yeah, FAU feels like a team where a couple things haven't gone their way, especially offensively. Um, the defense is still holding their own. Um, like, you know, they're not perfect, but, like, they're about as good as I thought they'd be this year. Um, there's a couple things that aren't perfect with it, but they're on the field, like, way too much. And, you know, in college football, if you give any team just possession after possession, they're eventually going to hit a couple of deep passes and get a couple of runs. It's just you know, unless you're Georgia, it's just kind of the nature of the beast. Um, so, but on the offense, it's just, I, I think it looks like they're pressing. And it, especially this game, you know, I think after, you know, they lost kind of a couple of their big games, Marshall and UAB. I mean, and I went back and like I said, yeah, I rewatched that Marshall game and you just, I, the drop, I mean, they dropped three touchdown passes. You know, it's like they just haven't had the luck on offense this year. I mean, mean, the one right before halftime, you know, I pointed a million times, 20, it's a 14 point swing. I mean, Eric, did we, have we talked really since you watched that drop? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we haven't haven't fully talked, but your point stands. Yeah, like it's just, they, in the wet, they've just had so many just kind of work. And, and, you know, Taggart said on the press conference today, the offense moves the ball, right? It, it, they move the ball. It's just, it's like they step on, excuse me, um, as Levitar would say, it's a fine. But um, uh, it, they move the ball, but it, they just step on these landmines that are just, and now I think they're getting to a point where they're pressing a little bit on offense. 
and it's just not good. And right now, the only skill position player that's making any kind of real impact, consistent impact, is Johnny Ford, and it's it's just tough. Nikosi's doing what he can. The offensive line's been, I say, average this year. They've been pretty good on the run, but you know they've had kind of their ups and downs in pass protection, but. Uh, I, I think one of the biggest things with FAU and where my where I was wrong is somewhat my fault, somewhat just something you couldn't expect. It. I think the skill position talent is just it's not just not there right now, and I think that teams have kind of realized the few things that FAU does do well, and they take that away. And FAU doesn't have the skill position guys where they can just kind of be like. You know, and I've said this a couple of times, or it's like a third and eight or a third and 12, and you're just like, all right, we just need to go to a guy just to get things going again. And they don't have that right now. And then I think it's making, you know, things really tough for FAU. And just, you know, I mean, and now other frustrations. You know, FAU didn't have a problem last year with late hits. They didn't have a problem at the beginning of the year. Like, that, that just wasn't something FAU really did. I couldn't really remember the last two games, they've had a couple late hits, a couple, a, a few, a handful of unsportsmanlike. So I think the team is just, they're pressing and playing frustrated right now. And it's just, you know, they're, they're a team that had high expectations. So it's hard for them to go in and play loose right now. And they, they've sort of underachieved. Shane, how frustrating that, and listen, I know, you know, I, it's, when you started this podcast, you were still one of the, you know, technically considered voice of the fan, even though you just get into the recruiting game. And I know your perspective has changed, right? So I, I probably should stop putting you in these positions, but I'm going to try and if you, you know, dance around as best you can, I guess my question is from a fan perspective, how frustrating is it to have to utter those words? Maybe we just don't have what we thought we had as far as skill position guys, because that's not what well, anyone. Thought. I don't think I don't think enough fans realize that. Okay, uh, I, 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 I've said that, and you know, there's still a lot of you know love for Lane Kiffin. When you turn on the TV and you see Lane Kiffin winning again, I've said this a million times. Kevin and I did a full podcast, kind of breaking down the signing class to be like to realize for fans to understand that Tagger didn't take over a Porsche like most people assumed he did. All right, he took over a car that had some nice pieces, but like when he got in and he realized like the door was kind of glued on and like the oil hadn't been changed for 10,000 miles, right? And some of those things are popping up now, right? Like I said, the skill position on offense, I mean, like I've talked about it, like they had no, um, they had no, you know, just, recruits are like still around from the Lane Kiffin. We did that thing with FIU last year and uh, you know, last podcast, excuse me, talk about that. Well, FIU's kind of had that same thing, not as bad, but at a couple positions, it just hasn't worked out. Um, um, you know, like, and that's receiver. So right now they have two guys that originally came to the team as walk-ons you know, as they're two and three receivers and, you know, Burton and, and Brandon Robinson, they're nice players. They're great. If you're they're your fourth and fifth or mixed in guys, but it's just not working. And some of the transfers when Tagger first got here, just aren't working out. Um, but I will say this, Eric, I mean, you watch it and you say, 
the frustration, but I'm going to just, you know, and you say dance around it, but do you watch a team that's getting the most out of what they do have right now? I don't know. <sighs> or is it just, did we overrate the talent that much? Because you know where this is going and, and it's just, you know, if you read my mentions on Saturday night, it was, you know, the, the, you know, they, they wanted the next be on the podcast going and just get scorched earth. And that, that's the feeling it, it's, it, there, there's a feeling of we're regressing right now. And well, right now, when you look at the way they played ODU, it's really hard to argue that. Well, Shane, what I was going to say is, what's the record saying at 10 and 10, right? With Taggart? 10 and 9. 10 and 9. Sorry, 5 and 4 last year, 5 and 5. Yeah, 10 and 9, right? So I don't think there's any debate that you can say that the team is regressing. Now, where I think it gets dangerous, the wins and losses, that shit can fluctuate at times. Excuse me, that stuff can fluctuate at times. Um, but I hate it's getting late in the night where I'm just cussing randomly. That stuff can fluctuate at times, but where I think you have to be concerned is seemingly the regression in terms of just overall, as you mentioned, was it you you talked about the fact that Willie Taggart wouldn't necessarily hand it over a Lamborghini. All right, cool. But when you look at the teams they've played, and this is my opinion, I don't necessarily think that FAU isn't a team that couldn't have beaten ODU. Marshall and even UAB. And this is where, listen, you and I have had this conversation many times about giving Bill Clark credit. If there's one thing Bill Clark hasn't done in the, in the time since that program's come back, they haven't had that regression to, you know, five and five, four and six somehow come hell or high water. They just got to win at Marshall. Bill Clark's team is going to be seven and three. So that's where I think you got to give them credit. And if I'm an FAU fan, I'm concerned because it's why can't we, why at sure. Things wouldn't pick up right where they left off, but why couldn't we at least pick up things in terms of not looking like a mediocre Conference USA East team, and that's what they look like right now. Yeah, I, and, and if, I mean, you've watched FAU, and you know that I think they're better than a mediocre. I mean, they're just – we've talked about it. If they play some of these teams again, they probably beat them a few times. You can't say that about every other team, right? But this is what keeps happening. You keep looking back at area for you game and you say, well, if we just didn't throw the interception before half versus UAB, we win that game. And then you say, man, if Jaquan Burton catches that, you know, catches that bomb before the half at Marshall, that's a 14 point swing or a 10 point swing. You know, we probably end up coming out on that side of that game, you know, and then you look at it that with just a couple plays in this game, right? You know, if we just didn't do this one little or a couple little things, we probably win. And you could sell that to me in a season. You go nine and three. You say, ah, you know what? The the the, the one UAB game on the road, we just it, it, we didn't bring our A day that day. You know what I mean? Like th- that happens in college football. Okay, there's three undefeated teams in the country. All right, like <laughs> you're gonna have games where you just don't play that good. But the problem is, it keeps happening. Like we keep looking back at every game, saying, ugh, and and no one's you know straight kicked our butt. I mean. You know, one of the frustrating, the most frustrating things of the Marshall game is you look at the the box scores. You held them to like three of sixteen on third down. You know, <laughs> um, you you had more total yards than they did, or you were like seven yards, but you catch a couple passes, you had more total yards than they did. 
like it's just one of those things. Um, if you watch ODU versus us, I mean, they had no business scoring more than 14 points. They were dominated on the line of scrimmage, but the defense was out there so much. And they let a couple of drives, two or three drives just continue with, you know, they, they had ODU backed up and stopped at one point and, you know, they get a face mask and it's just the little things, um, that, that have just killed FAU this year. And it's just, you know, you, the staff keeps talking about them, um, you know, fixing them, it, it, and it, it's it's not getting better. And some of it's getting worse. Is the, my biggest concern is like they had an extra point block for go for two, and I'll never forget, whenever you scored before that, there was a guy that burst through the line of scrimmage right up the middle. He like jumped it. I even thought they were going to call a penalty for trying to jump the long snapper, and he did it again on the next one. And my thought, my first thought was how come no one saw that upstairs? No one saw that upstairs on the field and said, maybe let's just go hard. Let's hard snap it on the extra point. Let's just get this guy. You know what I mean? Like make a tiny adjustment in a game like that. Um, but it, it, and like you, know, like I said, the special teams have gone down. I mean, FU hasn't allowed. Like, I can't remember the last time FU allowed a kick return for a touchdown. They allow one against Marshall. Jay, I mean, well, I mean, um, Lejante Wester muffed a punt in the game. It's just, you know, now special teams is starting to go downhill. When I remember just writing after the Charlotte game, how their special teams have been particularly strong this year, uh, and. Now it's just, I don't know, Eric. I mean, you're someone who, who's, who's, you know, followed, you know, coach Taggart a lot in his career. And it's like being in the state fair or not, uh, you know, uh, and just put it this way, they have Western Kentucky coming up and then a middle Tennessee team who's playing pretty well right now. What happens if they just kind of fall apart and drop these last two? Yes. I mean, as you mentioned, I've followed Willie Taggart's career really from the time he was at USF being here in Tampa. And listen, I don't want to get too much into hyperbole, right? Because one of the knocks that not necessarily, and I don't think this knock is even necessarily rooted in any, any real merit, but it's something that's been an observation is that if you take away, you know, the, the situation at Western, which he had great quarterback play and you take away the situation at USF, a great quarterback play, Quentin Flowers, that Willie Taggart's really struggled. And I think you can say that about any head coach, which is why. Yes, yeah. I, I, I mean, that's right. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. And I mean, yeah, yeah. So that, that's why I hesitate to use that against him. But I, it, it, you can look at the years in which he's, his teams have struggled and things have really kind of fallen, you know, not as off a cliff, but things have gone downward. It's really been tied to the success of a quarterback. So that's something that I think to keep an eye on, not necessarily because, again, like I said, you can say that about any college football team, but at the end of the day, if you don't get a quarterback, you can say that about FIU. Yeah, they got Alex Magoo and James Morgan. Nikosi's not playing bad. I mean, Nikosi's not going out there and throwing interceptions. Nikosi is Shane, not throwing an interception since UAB. Shane, but, but Shane, it's not about playing bad. Like, I mean, is, has he, is he playing like Max Bortenschlager per se? No. And I'm, listen, I'm the last guy who's going to back it, Ash Max. It, he ahead, had ahead. about 
he sorry, I mean, just against Marshall alone, he had about 130 yards and two touchdowns just fall through hand. So, you know, is Nikosi perfect? Do I think he maybe holds the ball too long sometimes or maybe go, it's just a tad, you know, his release is not the fastest in the West, right? He kind of long arms the ball, right? Like we could nitpick Nikosi, but Nikosi, I don't think he's the problem. No, no. And, and I'm not saying to say that I think he's the problem. It's more so <laughs> when you got Nikosi Perry, you're thinking, all right, this is a match made in heaven. Willie Taggart, a former quarterback, someone who, okay, wasn't necessarily, you know, definitely wasn't a passing quarterback in his career at Western Kentucky, but as someone who has worked, is, is known as a bright offensive mind, worked at Stanford, is an offensive guy, and would be able to get something more out of Nikosi again. It's a team thing. I can say the same thing at FIU, around the team around him. But I was Shane, I want to get to your point when you said about Western and middle. <laughs> Listen, I think they're going to lose to Western. I said that on the CUSA podcast. I think Western's playing much better football right now. Bailey Zappi, people are seeing that he is the real deal. He is someone who can play at the next level. I don't think he's going to go out there and be some first-round pick, but I definitely think he's a pro quarterback, a pro prospect. I just don't see any way that FAU can – can. I'm not saying I don't see any way, but I don't believe FAU win that game. Well, here, if you want to preview that game, here's how it goes. Let's FAU go. has enough dogs to stop Billy Zappi a few times, right? Like they can make – Zion's going to make a few one-on-one plays and Tasia Young and Helm a few plays Shane, to stop a few Shane, third down. But Shane, Shane, Shane we, we got it. All right. I, I'm not like – I'm not trying to shit on that, Shane, but – you, you, you're, you're saying FAU's got enough dogs. Yeah, they do. They got a talented but, secondary. They got a talented but, defense. But, but, but uh, you five and, five. Five. and Bailey's happy. Or go ahead, go ahead. Shane. I'm sorry. Go ahead. My butt was is they're still going to score. FAU can get a few stops maybe in that game. That's what's not, I'm not saying. The problem is is FAU has too many drives themselves, where it's just you know because uh, we we've talked about the beginning here. I mean like. Western Kentucky is a little trouble stopping the run and you know, their pass person that great, which favors FAU, but FAU is going to go out there and they'll have one drive stopped because of a chop block. Like they did, you know, they, they had a nice game. It was kind of a rough call on them against ODU, right? You know, they, they've had two drives, you know, big drives in the in games the last couple of weeks in the second half and on a fumble. Hammond fumbled one and Ford fumbled one, one against Marshall where, you know, they were driving to tie that game. They had momentum. They just killed their momentum too many times in the game. And it, FAU's defense probably has enough stops in them, but not enough to keep up the mistake that FAU's offense is going to make. It's kind of my point. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. No, no. It, I, it, when you bring it around that way and yes, like I, I should try to let you finish that point there because yeah, when you bring it on that way, I just don't think there's enough, to stop that offense with how proficient they are as many times as will be needed to win that game. Now to bring it to middle Tennessee, again, I'm not going to go on some fire Willie Taggart campaign, but if you lose to middle Tennessee, that's where I think you just have a really make an evaluation from inside the program and outside. Where are we? Because middle Tennessee, I, I, I'll give Rick Stockfield credit. Like somehow he's on the verge of getting six and he may do it this week. <laughs> right? Like, they always? Stocks on the verge of getting six. Um, but uh, I, I, middle Tennessee, the, talent wise. I, yeah. But I feel- it's not about how middle Tennessee plays this year. This is what the thing sure. about FAU. 
It's how FAU decides they want to play. And they haven't played even, even against Charlotte. They didn't play a complete game. They still had a fumble on their first drive of the game on a exchange, right? Like, it, it, you know, they, they still extended a couple Charlotte drives with defensive penalties. It's, it's just in granted, they play great. That's the, probably the most complete game they played all year. So I don't want to get too harsh on them, but you know, it's like, it, it, it's really how FAU decides the game's going to go. And they just, again, they just, they have too many things they do that are just, you know, again, they had another drive of the second half for Old dominion. They get pick up two first downs. They hit, you know, they start to get some pace going you know, the FAU likes to run a lot of tempo. They, you know, do it and then they get called for a chop block. Boom. Second and 18. It's just, it's what, it's what they've been doing this year. Um, you know, and I, I can't put a finger on it on, you know, why, why it's just, it seems to just be getting worse actually. And with that, I do want to apologize to listen to the Shulbo podcast because this was the wrong night for a, me to be hosting as someone who's been running on Doritos and a Gatorade since noon. Uh, I, these wings just popped up. So I, I, I we're going to get ready. Going to call this one to a close. Well, you know what? Hold on, Shane. I, I got, I got one more question for you. I, I can muster up this much energy. Um, what does your gut tell you uh, this week and next? I think they'll come out and play really hard versus Western Kentucky, but I just don't, I, I think offensively, they just don't have enough drives in them. They keep pace. Um, and yeah, I mean, we'll kind of see, here's the one thing I won't say is the team, even last year, you know, they ended on a four game losing streak. They never not played hard. I mean, even in that bowl game in Montgomery, you know, Memphis kind of jumped out to lead and FAU came crawled back in that game. Uh, they've never quit. Um, so at least you have that. Um, but it's, it's just, it's going to be, uh, they have to get bowl eligible in a bowl game. Like that's, you know what, you could say, okay, maybe we underachieved this year, but at least, you know, we still got seven wins. You know, we still brought home something. You, you could sell a little momentum in the off season. Um, be like, Hey, we need to fix some holes on the roster, but five and seven is going to be, you know, especially when it all happens at the end of the year, it, it's going to be tough. Shane, I absolutely agree with you. I just think there's a much better while, you know, right now, I mean, I guess in theory, you know, the East is still in play, but just in terms of the feeling with the program, getting to a bowl is going to be key. So I do agree with you there. But with that, we'll get ready to close up the show of the Shula Bowl podcast. As always, we want to say thank you to the fine folks at Five Reasons Sports for giving us the platform. You can find them on Twitter at the number five reason sports. You can find Shane. Excellent FAU coverage. I was using the Pippin Jordan analogy, but you know they got beef right now, and uh, that's not necessarily Shane and Kevin. So you can find Shane's coverage and Kevin Fielder's coverage at Owls247. Find Shane on Twitter at Marinelli Shane. You can find our FIU superfan who seemingly is no longer depressed. Uh, he, he's, he's definitely got some thoughts, but he's no longer sad coming on this, uh, the podcast. is depressed and sad guy. Find him on Twitter at MrHondo321. Last but not least, find me on Twitter at EricCHenry underscore. Thank you for listening. Uh, Again, don't even have a happy football watching, but we'll get through the last two weeks and uh, we'll see how this plays out.